The following is a production of the PTB Soccer Podcast Network, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. The views expressed on the show are those of the host and solely of the host. For more information, follow the PTB Soccer Network on Instagram at PTB Soccer. That's on Instagram at PTB Soccer. Enjoy the show. PTB Nation, welcome to the PTB Europa League Review Show here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and we've got eight matches to talk about today in this episode. That's right, all eight round of 16 matches, some of them second legs, others one leg only, depending on the status of the tie back when football was suspended indefinitely at the time. Back in early March, late February, um, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, all right, we have eight teams now in the quarterfinals, which will take place very quickly. It's a very quick turnaround, very different. This is unlike any other edition of the UEFA Europa League, and the quarterfinals will begin already this coming Monday, August the 10th. And with two matches and two other matches the following day, August the 11th. All of those matches being played in Germany. Neutral sites selected for this competition. Now, you probably hear that music in the background. Yes, that is some of the best, uh, some of the best competition anthem music there is. It's my favorite competition anthem in world football. It is the Europa League anthem. You can hear it, and it is a fantastic, fantastic piece of music. So, without further ado, let's get right into our first matches. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to start on Wednesday, August the 5th, and we're going to go to Copenhagen first. We're going to Denmark. It is FC Copenhagen versus Istanbul Besakashir. Oh, this is... (laughs) I apologize to any fans of Istanbul Besakashir for my poor, poor pronunciation there, but it was... The second leg, the first leg had been played in Turkey back in March, and Istanbul Besakashir had come into this this, uh, second leg with a one-goal lead. They traveled to Denmark, to Copenhagen, to take on FC Copenhagen. So let's go to the lineups first, starting with the visitors from Turkey. Mert Gunyak is in goal. Junior Kaitara, Martin Skirtle, former Liverpool player, Alexandru Epinaru and Gael Clichy, former Arsenal player, across the back. Three in midfield, starting with Irfan 
Kavechi Mehmet Topal and Mahmoud Tekdemir. Up front, three three forwards, Enzo Crivelli, Dembaba, and Edvin Viska. The Danish side would line up in a 4-2-3-1, needing, of course, to get a, to win at home and to not surrender away goals. Carl Johan Jonsson is the goalkeeper. Four across the back, Guillermo Varela, Victor Nelson, Andreas Andreas Bjeland, uh, Nikolai Bolesen make up the four across the back. And two holding mids, or a double pivot, if you will. Robert Madruzga and Zeka play behind a three-man attacking midfield of Pep Biel, Jonas Vind, and Rasmus Falk. And Mikael Kaufman is the lone striker in this attack. And we'll go to the stats as it was a game that actually on the stat line would have favored the Turkish side. But the scoreline says otherwise as FC Copenhagen win 3-0 at home in advance to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Possession went 43-57 in favor of Istanbul Besiktasir. Uh, total shots also went in favor of the Turks. 14 uh, total shots to 12. And chances created 10 for FC Copenhagen, 8 for Istanbul. Accurate passes 298 for Copenhagen, while the Turkish side had 414 accurate passes. Pass success rate 74% to 80% in favor of Istanbul Besiktasir. Fouls Copenhagen had 9 to Istanbul's 7. Each team had six corners. When we get the shots on target, six for the Danes, only one for the Turks. Uh, four shots off target for the Danes and nine for the Turkish side. But accurate passes, basically every category other than than the goal line went to the Turkish side. And unfortunately for them, this is the end of their Europa League run. Let's take a look at... The key moments here. And the man of the match was Jonas Vind for Copenhagen. And the first goal would come fairly early. Four minutes in, Jonas Vind would score, assisted by Guillermo Varela. And then in the second half, it'd be Jonas Vind again from the penalty spot, making it 2-0. Istanbul Besiktasir would do their best to get that away goal. Remember, losing 2-1, Istanbul would have advanced on away goals, but in the 62nd minute, it was put out of reach as Rasmus Falk made it 3-0, and that would be it for the Turkish side as the Danish side will be excited about their place in the last 16. Their manager is Stale Solbakin, and he will be very, very pleased to move on to the next round to the quarterfinals. They'll travel to Germany now, and we'll talk about their opponent in just a moment as we now go to the next tie here in the round of 16 being played on Wednesday. 
So we move now to England and to Old Trafford. It's Manchester United hosting Austrian side Lask in a second leg. Now the first leg was very, very heavily um, one-sided in the favor of the Red Devils as Manchester United come into this match with a 5-0 lead on aggregate. Uh, the lineups really quickly starting with Lask in goal, Alexander Schleiger, three across the back, Philip Weisinger, Jernot Tronier and Andreas Andrade. Five, uh, four in midfield, Rene Renier, Peter Michori, James Holland, and Reinhold Ranfiti. Up front, you had three, Dominic Frazier, Marco Raguz, and Hussein Balic. United would face a would field, excuse me, a second choice squad given that they had the the enormous five goal lead coming into this second leg. And in goal it'd be the Argentine Sergio Romero. Four across the back, Timothy Fosu Mensa, Eric Bailey, Harry Maguire, the captain, and Brandon Williams. Fred is in the hole as a holding midfielder. Well, Juan Mata Scott. McTominay, Jesse Lingard, and Daniel James round out the midfield with Odeon Igalho in front of them. And just like you would expect, there was not much in this match. Really no talking points here as Manchester United will win 2-1. to one. Juan Mata is the man of the match. Goals scored by Anthony Martial in the 88th. I should say first goal scored by Jesse Lingard and then his replacement, uh, Anthony Martial would make it 2-1 to one in the 88th with a goal in between from Philip Weisinger for the Austrian side. But it's too little too late for Lask as this one was decided a long time ago. And Manchester United now advance to take on FC Copenhagen in the quarterfinals. Moving along, we travel now to Germany already where this match was going to be played at the Veltins Arena. And it was with English referee Anthony Taylor, who those of you that followed the match of the week, he was our referee last uh, Tuesday for the the U, the EFL Championship Promotion Playoff Final. And we have Inter taking on Hetafe. No first leg in this one. This is a one-off match uh, played at the neutral ground. And let's go to the lineups, starting with Hetafe. In goal, David Soria. Four across the back for the Spanish side. Damian Suarez de Gene. Javier Extiera. And Mateo, Matias Oliveira. Two holding pit double pivots. David Timor Capovi. And Mauro Ebrambari. Three in front of him. Mark Cucurella. Nemanja Maximovic. Sorry. Nemanja Maximovic. Alan Nayom and Jaime Mata is the striker for the Italian Giants. Internazionale, Samir Hendonovic is the goalkeeper. Three across the back, Diego Godin, Stefan de Virl, and Alessandro Bastoni. Five in midfield, Danilo D'Ambrosio, Nicolo Barella, Marcelo Bra Brozovic, Roberto Gallinardi. Sorry, Gallianardini and Ashley Young up front. The strike pair, the formidable strike pair of Romelu Lukaku and Litaro Martinez. This one was a this was a attractive matchup, but it did not really um, 
pan out quite as even matched as you had hoped as the heavily, f- or I shouldn't say as even matched, but it did not turn out to be quite the battle that the neutral onlooker would have hoped as the heavily uh, favored Internazionale of Milan would come away victors 2-0 and the man of the match would be inter goalkeeper Samir Hanadovic goals by Romelu Lukaku and by Christian Eriksen who came on as a substitute Alexis Sanchez the new Permanent Inter player also came on in the 70th minute, replacing Lautaro Martinez. Um, as far as Hitafe, they would they would miss a penalty kick in the 76th minute, a chance to draw level to Jorge Molina would miss the penalty kick, and that would be all she wrote as Inter now into the quarterfinals, and they will take on the winner of Shakhtar Donetsk. And Wolfsburg, let's uh, go to the Ukraine for that one. And we have our lineups now. Shakhtar Donetsk had won the first leg 2-1 to one in Germany on the road. So they were looking good going into this second leg at home. However, there were a lot of questions and concerns regarding the fitness and the form of the Ukrainian side as they have been sidelined for so long, long ago crowned champions of the Ukraine and they have not played a competitive match in months so Wolfsburg was hoping to catch them you know on a bit of a a downslide and trying to get themselves back into the tie however um, let's go into the lineups starting with Wolfsburg Cohen Castiles is the goalie three across the back Marcel Tisserand Martin Pongragic and John Brooks the American international in the back for Wolfsburg. Four across midfield. Jerome Roussillon. Maximilian Arnold. Xavier Schleiger. And Joseph Bracalo. Three in attack for the German side. João Victor. Uh, Wout. Wegmahost. And Daniel Jinzek. Meanwhile, Shakhtar would come out with Andreu Payatov in goal. Across the back four, they'd have Dodo, Sergei Khrushchev, David uh, Koklava, and Mykola Matyvenko. Two double pivot there in midfield within the 4-2-3-1. Marcos Bahia and Taras Stepanenko with three in front of them, a, a formidable three. And I know because I saw this team earlier this season play against Benfica in the round of 32. I watched both of those matches, covered them for my Mr. Benfica podcast. And this is a formidable, really, four-man attack with three uh, playing in the attacking midfield role. That's that's Marlos, Alan Patrick, Tyson, and Junior Moraes as the striker. And they would be too much for Wolfsburg. Shakhtar showing they haven't lost a beat. Shakhtar Donetsk winning 3-0 at home. Let's go to the key points. Junior Moraes would be the man of the match with a 9.1 rating on FOTMOB. John Anthony Brooks, the U.S. international, would be sent off for two yellow cards in this one. However, uh, Shakhtar would also have David Kokolava also sent off for a straight red card. And the goals all came late in this one. It was nil-nil with Wolfsburg trying to get themselves going forward. However, in the 89th minute, it was 
Junior Moraj scoring. He is, I believe, a naturalized Ukrainian international, originally from Brazil, of course. And he would score assisted by Dodo. And then in the 90, that was in the 89th. And 90 plus one, it would be Menor Solomon. The substitute would score on a, an assist from fellow substitute Kono Plyanka. And in 90th plus three, caps, uh, capping off the complete collapse of Wolfsburg was Junior Moraj one more time to make it 3-0 and move Shakhtar into the quarterfinals. They will take on Inter Milan in what will be a mouthwatering quarterfinal in the next round. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into Thursday's matches in the UEFA Europa League. This is the PTB Europa League Review Show. I'm the Mr. Mike Augustine. You follow the PTB Network on Twitter at SoccerPTB. And we'll be right back right here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. And welcome back to the PTB Europa League Review for the round of 16. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu, your host, as always, here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. If you're listening to this episode on the Mr. Benfica feed, first of all, hello. Welcome, as always. But I'm asking, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to check this out on the PTB Podcast Network feed, okay? PTB Soccer, wherever you get your podcast, just search it. It's there. Or go to www dot anchor dot fm forward slash ptb soccer and hear this ad free that's right ad free so that ad you just heard on mr benfica you would not have heard that on the ptb soccer podcast network check it out there like i said ad free for the first 30 days that an episode is up now i had misspoke in the previous segment when i was talking about um about Inter, I had said that they were going to advance now to take on Shakhtar. That was incorrect. I need to correct myself. Inter, instead, will take on the winner of our first match in this segment that we're going to look at. All right. And we're going to go to Germany. It is Bayer Leverkusen and Glasgow Rangers. And this match took place at the Bay Arena in Leverkusen, and let's go to the lineups, starting with the visitors from Scotland, who are managed, of course, by the legend Steven Gerrard. In goal, Alan McGregor, four across the back. They're playing a 4-3-3, Rangers are, with James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Hellander, and Borna Barisic across the back. Three in midfield, Ryan Jack, Steven Davis, and Joe Aribo up front, three in the attack, and it is Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos, and Brandon Barker. Their German opposition today, Bayern Leverkusen, of course, playing at home in a 4-2-3-1. Lucas Radecki is the goalkeeper. Lars Bender, Sven Bender, Edmund Tapsova, and Daly Sinkgraven are the four across the back. Two double in the double pivot midfield role, Charles Araguis and Ezekiel Palacios. Florian, uh, Florian Wirtz, Karl Havertz, and Musa Diaby are the three attacking midfielders in front. Behind the striker Kevin Voland. And let's go to the match facts now. 
and see how this one ran as we had a, a one-goal affair with Moasa uh, Diaby scoring in the 51st minute, putting Leverkusen ahead. Leverkusen brought in a 3-0 uh, aggregate lead. I'm sorry, a 3-1 aggregate lead into this second leg. This was one of the ties that had two legs. The first one at Ibrox back in March, and Leverkusen would see out the result with one goal. And they now will advance. So it will be Inter versus Bayer Leverkusen on on Monday, I believe, in the next round. That will be a very exciting match to check out. As all of the matches really in this competition are always pretty good. A lot of the matchups, there's a lot of surprises in the Europa League. It's known for that. And we move to the next round of 16 tie. It's... The it is the the resident powerhouse, if you will, the the club most associated with this competition, at least in modern times. It is Sevilla of Spain taking on AS Roma of Italia. All right, no first leg in this one, of course, because travel was already restricted by both governments uh, back when this leg this first leg was scheduled. And you have that. So this match was played in Germany at the Schonelsland Reisen Arena. And Bjorn Kuypers, the Dutch referee, was the man in the middle for this one. And let's go to the lineup starting with Sevilla as they are managed by Spaniard Ulian Lopetegui. You may remember him from World Cup. 2018 as he was sacked by the Spanish FA like two days before the tournament began for having accepted a position as the manager at Real Madrid which lasted all of a cup of coffee for him at the Bernabeu and Lopetegui would select the following 11 for today's match or yesterday's match I should say um it is a 4-3-3 for Sevilla, and you have Yacine Bono in goal, four across the back, Jesus Navas, Diego Carlos, Jules Koundé, and Sergio Regulion. Three in the middle, Eber Benega, Fernando, and Juan, uh, sorry, Juan Jordan, with three in the attack, Lucas Ocampos, Josef El Nazari, and Suso. Paulo Fonseca would line up Roma with the following uh, the following 3-4-2-1 formation with Paulo Lopez in goal, three across the back, Gianluca Mancini, Roger Ibanez, and Alexander Kolarov. Four in midfield, Bruno Perez, Amadou Diawara, Brian Cristante, and Leonardo Spinazzola with... Four with I'm sorry with two attacking midfielders in front, Nicolo Zaniolo and Henrik Mikatarian, the Armenian international, and they're playing in support of the Bosnian striker Aiden Jeko. This was a match that many neutrals were pointing to, hoping to get the kind of entertaining uh, match that these two clubs would call for, and. It seemed to be a very straightforward one, in fact, as the Spanish side, five times winner of this competition, Sevilla would see out a 2-0 result, a 2-0 win, with goals from Sergio Regulion and Yusef in Nesiri. Um, 
assists were picked up by Eber Banega and Lucas Ocampos. And Roma would be reduced to 10 men in the final moments of the match as Gianluca Mancini would be sent off while after the match was already basically out of hand and out of reach. So Roma, they had big hopes for themselves in this competition. They did just secure fifth place in the Serie A a week ago. They'll be back in this competition next season, which is like in two weeks. But no, the the, the competition will begin in, in mid-September with the preliminary matches. The group stage will begin in October, and Roma will be in the group stage as the fifth place finisher. Um, but they're going to be disappointed with this performance this uh, yesterday, they're going to be perform uh, very disappointed. They, um, of course, the draw was unlucky, and I think they may have ha- fared better over two legs, but over one leg, Sevilla just had way too much firepower for the Roman side. And there's some turmoil in Rome right now, as it was announced uh, this week. Yesterday, I read it uh, that that Jim Pilata, the American owner, is selling his sh- his stake in AS Roma. So they will have new owners very soon. We move to the next round of 16 match. And we go to Switzerland to the San Jakob Stadium. And it is FC Basel taking on Eintracht Frankfurt. uh, A match that uh, Basel already brings in a three-goal lead from the first leg. That's right. They went to Frankfurt and beat the German side 3-0 in leg one, and they would see out leg two fairly easy. A goal by Fabian Fry in the 88th minute would would put away the the German side, which does feature American Timothy Chandler, and basically not much else to talk about in this one. Um, Basel are through to the next round. And deservedly so. And that brings us to our final round of 16 match. And the one I probably will spend the most time talking about. It is Wolverhampton Wanderers hosting Olympiacos at the Molyneux. And let's go to the lineups. This match comes in. This is the second leg. The first leg in Greece was 1-1 way back when. And let's start with uh, the lineups for Olympiacos. This, of course, is a battle of two Portuguese coaches, two two managers, I should say, that were teammates as players at Vitoria Guimarães in Portugal some time ago, some 10 years, some 10, 15 years ago. But uh, two accomplished managers, if you will, that have taken different routes. But, in fact, uh, Nuno replaced Pedro Martins at Rio Ave in Portugal when he took over that position. But Olympiacos are managed by Pedro Martins and their normal starting goalkeeper, Jose Sa, was out with a wrist injury. So it is Bobby Alan in his place in a 4-3-3. They go across the back with Omar El, Omar El Abdalui, Osanyu Ba, Pape Abu Sise and Constantinos Simak- Simkas across the back. Three in midfield, you had Andreas Bolakakis, Guillerme, and Mohamed Madi Kamara with Matthew Valbuena up front along with Yusef El Arabi and Georgios Masoras. The Premier League side 
Wolverhampton Wanderers who now need to win this competition to to get European football next season and it's one of the it, it is uh it's an all or nothing for them because in order to get European football next season they will have to win this competition and that would mean that they'd be headed to the Champions League and not to the Europa League at least in the group stage um so they would roll out for Nuno Espirito Santo of course their manager roll out with their top goalkeeper, Rui Patricio, the Portugal international, 2016 European champion. Three across the back, Willy Boley, Con- um, Connor Cody, and Romain Saiz would be the the three across the back. Four in midfield with Matt Doherty, Ruben Neves, João Moutinho, and Yanni across the midfield. And up front, you have the tank, Adama Traore. Partnering with Raul Jimenez, si senor, and former Olympiacos player Daniel Podes, another part of the Portuguese contingent at Wolverhampton Wanderers. And this is the match that I paid most attention to. And Wolves are a team I pay a lot of attention to, in part due to their Portuguese uh, contingent, but also in just interest in their project. And I, you know. They're actually the club that got me into watching the EFL Championship two seasons ago when they were in the championship. And, um, of course, uh, Raul Jimenez is a, is a player in top form right now. And he is being courted by Juventus and by Manchester United right now. And it will be difficult for Wolves to hold on to the player. But they would love to add some European silverware first before losing anyone potentially. But you know that Wolves will also be able to go to the market and be able to replace their stars. Now, the m- match would kick off, and this um, it would be a nice warm day, the, the commentators were saying. Uh, unusually warm for the UK, even in August, as it was still above 20 degrees at 8 p.m. when the match kicked off. And it would be very early, and Wolves would be first to get on the board as the ball would be played into the area, Daniel Podence would would get on the end of the ball in what at first kind of looked shoulder to shoulder with the goalkeeper uh, Alan. It, it then through through replay confirmed the referee's call for a penalty kick as Alan did did uh, make contact with Podence, leaving the ball to do so inside the penalty area, and it would be si senor. Raul Jimenez stepping up to take the spot kick, and he does his little approach with the with the hop right before he kicks, and he sends the ball one way. The goalkeeper goes the other, and Wolves would take the lead early. Later in the first half, however, though, uh, Olympiacos had appeared to have put the ball in the goal themselves. It appeared that they were going to equalize. The referee had pointed to midfield for a goal. It had been uh, a nice play down the the right side, as it was. It was uh, Pape Cisse with the with the shot that went past went past Rui Patricio into the goal. But on the previous play, it was shown that Valbuena had actually been a hair offside it might have been Yusuf El Arabi actually but one of the the original runner the the Olympiacos player that got in behind 
Wolverhampton's back line was offside by the most marginal of distances. I mean, when they when they showed it on the VAR, you had the Wolves defender's foot just slightly behind the Olympiacos player's head. It was like or shoulder. It was it was you know by a hair. But the referee had to overturn the ruling for goal due to the VAR re, uh, review. And unfortunately for Olympiacos, that was as close as they were going to get as Wolves would see the result out. Wolves well organized, but I was disappointed in the performance, to be honest with you. I expect Wolves at this stage, um, you know, a team that needs to guarantee European football next season to keep this project going with, with strong momentum, to come out and to really try to put this game away early. Unfortunately, though, they did get the early goal, but then they sat a little bit too much for my liking. They were well organized, and aside from that opportunity uh, that was called back for offside, they really didn't give away too much else, but I would have liked to seen more out of that midfield. Uh, I would like to see more out of Ruben Neves, and, and well, Jean Moutinho is a veteran at this point, and he's, he's an intelligent player that moves the ball really well, but... I didn't see enough attacking uh, down the flanks from Matt Doggerty or from Adama Traore. Um, unable to to really set up Jimenez and Podence with any other opportunities. And it concerns me a little bit for Wolves going forward because Wolves advance, but they've got Sevilla now in the next round in the quarterfinals. Of course, it's one game, like we said. Anybody can win on one game. And perhaps... You know, minutes were being managed by by Nuno. I don't know, but you know, there's there was an injury also in there as Sice Roman Sice had to come off, and he would he would be replaced by by Ruben Vinagre, and we'll have to see. At this point, an injury to somebody could be the end of their tournament. Diogo Jota also, interestingly enough, who is a who had a, two hat tricks in this competition so far? He's ha- he scored a hat trick on two different occasions in this Europa League. He was left on the bench and brought on in the 57th minute, so perhaps he was being rested a little bit. Uh, Nuno is going to have to try to measure, uh, try to I'm sorry, try to manage the minutes for the, his team, just like every other manager that's still in the competition. So I think the team that best manages minutes and best stays fresh and has the most depth, really has the best chance to go all the way in this competition. But it is going to be an interesting week of football coming up as the these two teams, and when I say these two, I mean Wolves and Sevilla, will meet up on Tuesday in Germany. All right, And it'll be very interesting to see how they line up and what kind of pace and what kind of style the two teams bring to that match. So that is the round of 16. Let's now review once again what we have on tap for the quarterfinals. Okay, and quarterfinals begin, of course, on Monday, August the 10th with Inter versus Bayer Leverkusen and Manchester United versus FC Copenhagen. Both matches kicking off at the same time, 3 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. And I believe that's 9 p.m. in Germany. And then on Wednesday, August 11th, same thing. Both both round, uh, both round, quarterfinal matches kicking off at the same time. Shakhtar Donetsk take on 
FC Basel and Wolverhampton Wanderers take on Sevilla and perhaps the match of the round although inter there, there's two good matches in each day I mean two you know attractive matches um Monday you got Inter versus Bayer Leverkusen and Tuesday you got Wolves versus Sevilla but also Manchester United are the odds on favorites for this competition and Inter would be the second favorites and It'll be interesting to see if they take their foot off the gas at all. Manchester United, that is. Um, they used a completely second-choice squad uh, in this round. So you have to expect that they are going to be fresh to take on a Copenhagen team. That's going to believe that this is a, a rare opportunity for them in a global limelight, if you will, because of just how many supporters there are around the world for Manchester United, how many extra eyeballs are going to be on this match. Shakhtar Donetsk are a team I'm I'm very very uh, heavy on. I'm I'm I view very favorably. They were very impressive, considering how little football they have played in the past months. You could say that they're well rested, and that's why they're so fresh. That could be the case. Um, they don't seem to be lacking any rhythm, and they got a sweet draw ha- taking on FC Basel. No disrespect to FC Basel, but when you look at some of the Titans that are still in there, um, that is probably the best draw you can you can hope for if you are Shakhtar Donetsk. So that's going to do it for this episode, this Europa League review. I'll be back in about two days. I'll be back Sunday, okay? You're going to get a lot from me on Sunday. So on Sunday, you're going to get a Champions League review show where I'll break down the the round of 16 matches that were left to be played in the Champions League, okay? And then Sunday night, don't forget, 8 p.m. Sunday night, Eastern Time, your place, your home for Soccer Talk. It is the Park and the Bus podcast as always every Sunday night and of course we will touch on both of these competitions as well in that show as well as some other things we'll also review the the English promotion playoff final we will review MLS is back as as that tournament moves towards its apex now and on Monday a very special Mr. Benfica will drop on the Mr. Benfica feed um, I suggest everybody follow the Mr. Benfica feed as I'm going to be talking with the special guest, and I'll announce it here. I'll be talking to Mario Mata, the host of Benfica After 90, and we're going to talk about a lot of off-season stuff that we just never have time to talk about. He's extremely knowledgeable in these areas. We're going to talk about numbers. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about the squad's structure. We're going to talk about rules. We're going to talk about the league's um, policies, if you will, or the, the, the financial and economic situation in the Portuguese league right now with clubs essentially folding and and being sent down to the amateur ranks to get their books in order. We got a lot of stuff to talk about and um, not sure it's all going to fit in one episode, but it's scheduled as episode 75 of Mr. Befica. That's going to drop Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time, which makes it 6 a.m. Portuguese standard time, which is the target that I have for every episode, not to get it out any later than that. All right, so stay tuned to the Park in the Bus podcast network and our family of podcasts as there's a lot of content coming your way with tons of football going on in the next two weeks. And after that, you know what? We're moving into the 2020-2021 season. It's literally going to be 
from one night to the other, from one day to the other. We're going to go from one season right to the other. All right. Thank you for joining me for this episode, this first episode of the Europa League Review here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Soccer Podcast Network on Twitter at at Soccer PTB and on Instagram at PTB Soccer. All right. And do yourself a favor. Go through some of these uh, other episodes I've got up here. Enjoy them. Binge listen a little bit. There's a lot of content in there for everyone to enjoy. And I hope to hear from you again soon. And you will hear from me Sunday morning with the Champions League review. And then Sunday night with the Park in the Bus podcast. This has been the Mr. Mike Agostinho. And I'm signing off for the PTB Soccer Network. Proceeding has been a production of the PTB Soccer Network. For more information, you can go to our Instagram page at PTB Soccer or visit us at www.anchor.fm forward slash PTB Soccer, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network.